Thank you for tuning into my podcast. The mission of The Authentic Networker is to inspire a new way of being with each other, inspiring each other, championing, collaborating with each other to inspire a successful journey. Each of us wants more than anything to be loved and to matter in our world. Success is a big part of that. So I seek to interview people that have something unique and extraordinary to say about the journey of success in the people business. Authentic networkers are curious connectors, authentically expanding their network. They listen to, are present, and honor the diverse values and experiences of others. If this philosophy resonates with you, I encourage you to study it and share it with your network. Let's dive into another epic interview and learn some of these stories. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here with yet another Authentic Networker podcast where I get the opportunity to interview extraordinary human beings in mental, physical excellence, wealth building, extraordinary accomplishments, all staying within the lines of the authenticity philosophy. And today, my guest, you're going you're gonna to feel the authenticity in spades uh, when you hear wh- who he is and what he's done. This is James Lawrence, better known from the next Netflix documentary as The Iron Cowboy. Hello, James. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Richard. Happy to be here. And uh, let's uh, let's maybe drop some mics today, huh? Let's do that. Let's let's uh, send people into the stratosphere with some breakthroughs and some epiphanies. And gosh, I I can think of no other person in the world for you to to do this, Lawrence. Because what you have done with your adult life is nothing short of just gobsmacking. If that's a word, I think it is now. I'm going to use it now. And and here's folks. Here's what James is best known for. He's an elite athlete, which goes beyond the physical, deep into the mental. And we're going to talk about that today. But I want you to just know what he's done to establish his brand, which is really just the beginning of who James Lawrence is for the world. A few years ago, and he'll tell the story, but James had this idea that to test his personal limits, to find out what's on the outer edge and how far he could push the outer edge, he declared that he was going to do 50 Ironman triathlons, which is a 2.4 mile swim Maybe you can tell us how many laps in the pool that is, James. Too many. A hundred and twelve mile bike ride, followed by a twenty-six point two mile run, and James did fifty of those in fifty consecutive days in fifty different states, starting in Hawaii, where I live, logistically. He did an Ironman and then flew to Alaska and then did an Ironman and then flew to Washington State and did an Ironman all on his own, not like part of a big Ironman competition, and then got in a motorhome with his family, five children, right, James? Yeah, five. And your wife, Sonny, and crisscrossed the United States doing an Ironman every day in every state. And if you want to like do a deep dive on what that experience was like, go check out the documentary. 
the Iron Cowboy. It's absolutely stunning. So, James, let's start with the day you decided to do that. What was going on? What was the context? And what supported the idea that you would take that kind of high risk, high disruption project on personally? What happened? Yeah, I actually know where I was and um, what was going on. Um, I was in Arizona. Um, we were uh, about to wrap up um, our second world record for doing the most official Ironmans um, around the world. We did 30 full Ironmans in 11 countries. Um, and I, I was I just finished race 27 of 30. And kind of an amazing story in itself, um, on that 27th day in Arizona, we pulled a boy named Dayton that has cerebral palsy. And that story's on on YouTube and 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 whatnot. Um, a day I'll never forget. But I remember finishing that day, we had three, uh, 20, 28, 29, and 30 to go to seal up that world record. And, um, and, and I knew we had it. And uh, I, I realized that when you're in the middle of a journey, it's absolutely the most impossible thing you could think of because that's the furthest point you are in your own unique journey. But I was so close to the finish line of that journey, I started to look backwards and go, yes, that was the hardest thing I have ever done. And, and now as I stand here, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a changed person because I've faced adversity. I've I have fought. I, I have continued to show up. I've put the right team around me. I believed in myself and I just battled. And now you, you have more confidence and some momentum. Success breeds success and confidence breeds confidence. And so I look back and said, that was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I'm still capable of more with this new knowledge and experience that I have. And it just came to me I was like I need to do 50 consecutive Ironmans in 50 states um, and it, literally I was in Arizona at my buddy's house recovering after that day uh, with Dayton and leading up to the next weekend we were doing Ironman Arizona so it was in between race 27 and and 28 um, and th in that moment I knew we we were going to accomplish this goal and I was already starting to plan kind of what was next and and that process took two and a half more years to get us to that point to where we started the 50 and then uh over the next 50 days that summer in 2015 um we we just went down that road and and the rest is history yeah and folks i mean you got to watch the documentary to appreciate what james went through in terms of facing adversity failure obstacles that that solid black wall of, I can't do this anymore. And then he kept doing it and kept moving that wall all the way through 50 states. It's absolutely extraordinary. I saw a video, James, of um, Sonny telling the story of when you came home and said, this is what we're gonna do next. <laughs> she was like, she was Say like, what? She was like, not, not today. This is not the, this is not the time for this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, I gave her a little bit more time and she finally came around. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the audience that is listening, James, are mostly entrepreneurs, you know, some athletes. And, and if they're listening to me, they're on some kind of journey to expand their comfort zone 
expand their confidence, their ability to do more, be more, have more, contribute more. And of course, what they're faced with every day is setbacks, adversity, because, you know, especially if you're doing something in the people business, now what you did with 50 Ironmans was mostly up against your own mental and physical abilities. Of course, there was weather and logistics. Um, but most of the people that are following me, the resistance is not the weather. It's not their physical ability. It, it really is people out in the world who don't share their vision, right? So if I want to build a business and, and I want more and more and more customers, well, they don't, the world doesn't necessarily share my vision of being my customer, right? So that's the resistance. And you get lots of rejection and lots of failure. And, and then that internal dialogue starts up, which all of a sudden, this doesn't sound like a good idea anymore. I can't do this. Nobody wants to play with me. I'm not good enough. That's the essence of it, right? So in, in your work, which goes beyond, way beyond the Iron Cowboy. Tell us about how you have tackled that inner story of what you're capable of. In, and, and maybe tell us a couple of stories because in, in your 50 and 50, I mean, you had some horrific disasters, which would have given you any excuse in the world to quit. And yet you created a conversation of going over, under, around, or through. Tell us about your mental game. Yeah, actually, number one question I get is how, how do I become more mentally tough? We, we speak around the world, and the biggest thing that I've realized, no matter what level or part of your own journey is, that as humans, for some strange, bizarre reason, we are getting in our own way. We're, we're literally our, our toughest critics. We're, we're hardest on ourselves. And um, life is about managing the internal dialogue and the conversations that we're having with ourselves, overcoming anxiety, facing those fears. And back to the, the, the number one question that I got is, how do I become more mentally tough? It's only through experience that you can become more mentally tough. And, and I always say from stage, and I ask the question, when was the last time you intentionally became uncomfortable? When was the last time you isolated your fears, broke them down and attacked them head on? And, and it's only through time experience that you learn to win the conversations. We're one decision away from a different outcome. And so to become more mentally tough, you have to come outside of your comfort zone and do hard things. And it, it doesn't happen overnight and it is a process and you get better and better and then more and more becomes possible. And I mean, I, I grew up as a, as a wrestler. I grew up in Canada and I was a wrestler and, and love that sport because it's, if I win or I lose, it's my fault. And I'm accountable for the outcome of that. And if I lose, I, I take an opportunity. I look at what I did right at what I did wrong. And, and I go back to the drawing board and I go back to work and I get better. And I'm telling you, when I first started wrestling as an 11 year old, man, I got destroyed. I got, I got drug all over the map in every tournament that I was in by my senior year, I went undefeated. I won the, the state championship and went on to represent my country, Canada at the national championships. Um, what that, that's only because uh, I got mentally tough because I showed up every single day and put myself in the game. 
And, and over time, I learned how to win the conversations I was having with myself, overcome those. Um, I, I think it was a, a, a huge blessing that in 2008, uh, I used to own a mortgage company and we built up a great business. And when the economy crashed, we lost everything. And that was a stepping stone and an opportunity for us to build that resilience and the mental toughness to, I mean, we had no idea we were going to do the 50 Ironmans and things, we all go on our journey and things escalate and, and, and go from wherever they went for to wherever they are. And, and if you continue to keep showing up in your life, if you get better at better at managing the conversations you're having in your head and with yourself, when 2020 happens and everybody's instilling fear and chaos and a pandemic and uh, social injustice and the disaster of the political political uh, landscape and the, the, uh, the election, you go, I know how to deal with that adversity. And you, you can take a look around right now at who has faced hardships in their lives and who hasn't um, in, in the year 2020 and who's handling the same scenario in a very different manner than others are handling and who's prepared themselves for moments like this. And that's why you have it's a it's a craft. It's a, a habitual thing that we need to put in our lives is the art of becoming uncomfortable um, intentionally. And your discomfort needs to be your norm. And we need to live in that space as often as we can, because when it becomes the, the toughest, it should become the easiest because we've mastered the basics. We've been in the trenches. We've been backed into a corner. We know what we do when it's dark and we don't know how to, how to even take the next step. We need to all realize that you have to become resilient and, and the next step when it's the darkest is the most important step to take. It's easy when it's easy. Oh, yeah. It's when it's real. That's when you find out who you are and what you're made of and what work you've put in and the groundwork that's been laid to that moment. Somebody um, captured that really well in the um, quote, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about, well, how do you make a muscle stronger? Only one way, stress flex. it, yeah. tear it, flex it. And then I'm thinking about, I, uh, I've done a lot of retreats with people. And one of the tools I used for years was a fire walk where I hired a professional fire builder. And, and you know, the, the idea behind that is, you know, you just coach people to do this silly exercise which is not nearly as dangerous as they think it is but they forever have that in their arsenal that hey they did something they did not believe they could do they walked through the fire they can hold on to that um as as courage and as confidence when they're faced with other things and i think what you're saying james that, that i how I hear it is we don't really learn much. We don't really become much when things are going well, when we're succeeding. Like the real growth, the real breakthrough comes from facing our fears, facing adversity, yeah. facing failure, and moving through it, which might just be learning from it. Well, dude, so, I, I tell people to fail as hard as they can all the time. Yeah. Say more about that. Well, I mean, uh, I, 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 the 
the part that scares me the most is the preparation for these big challenges. I, I know when I get to the start line, if I've done my job, it, it's almost a guarantee um, because I've failed so hard and pushed the limits in training that by the time I get to the start of the challenge, it's almost like it's a victory lap. And that's the fun space for me because um, now it's time to perform and showcase what you've learned from your failures in preparation. And that, that right there is a, a, a fun, magical place to be. Yeah. You told me in a, we talked a few weeks ago that one of your secrets was um, I'll let you articulate it accurately, but something to the effect of, you know, falling in love with being uncomfortable with falling in love with the pain. And so that's a whole paradigm shift that people listening, you know, if what, what almost everybody's looking for is, you know, well, I want it to be fun. I want the success. I want the feeling of success. And so we're addicted to the feeling of success. And the last thing we want is failure, pain, adversity, people telling us no rejection, right? We don't want any of that. But what, what you're an example of is if you want to be the best you can be, you got to fall in love with the pain. Well, not only fall in love with the pain, but but the, the the bigger side of that is well, you know, we just talked about um, being uncomfortable intentionally and making that the new normal. But what what people need to embrace is the sacrifice and recognize the sacrifice. I could ask every person, I could send a message to everybody listening and ask the question, let's pretend it's December 31st, New Year's is tomorrow. And I'd be like, hey, everybody, I'm super excited, new journey, new start, new beginning. What are, what are your resolutions? What do you want? And every single one of them is going to go, I, I, man, I want more money this year, man. I, I'm going to get, in the, I want, I'm on a better body. I want more time. I want some freedom. I want that relationship. I want to feel accepted. I want to feel love. And they go all these, I want the new car, man. I want that Corvette. I want that Porsche. I want the house. I want the, the spa, the pool, the, fr all of it. I want the jet. <laughs> and then, and the, everybody rattles off this list and everybody's is the same. I mean, 99% of the people that, that, that's the list right there. And then you sit them down and you say, okay, I've got a, I've got a follow-up question for you. And you say, um, do you know what you're willing to sacrifice? Do you know what it's going to take? And then you write down what it's going to take and what you're going to have to sacrifice in order to get the things that you want. And most people, they're not, they're not willing to sacrifice what it takes. And so my opinion, everybody's asking the wrong question, not what do you want? What are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want? Yeah, so profound. Let that sink in, folks. Make that list. Just take one thing you want and then make a long list of 10 things you're willing to sacrifice to get it. And I guess that'll tell us whether the universe is going to deliver it. So I, I read a story um, I'm curious about because people are probably l listening to you, James, and go, wow, how, did the, how did this guy get this way? Uh, uh, through experience. Deep. Yeah. Well, the oh. first one I want you to tell us about is the, the record you set 10 days on a Ferris wheel when you were, when you were a lot younger. What was that about? Yeah, so I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Grew up there, freezing cold winters. Um, I think truly my mental toughness journey started 
as a young kid, um, I, I remember two things I used to do. Um, winters are long and cold there. And I remember uh, my, my dad helped us get this job with the city and the city would give us addresses and we would go shovel the walks in the freezing cold of um, houses that were abandoned or for sale where there were no owners and the city was responsible for keeping those uh, streets done. And uh, man, I, I built some toughness and some resilience doing that. And then um, I, I did a paper route in Canada, freezing freezing cold in the winters. I mean, 4 a.m., we, we made this special cart with big wheels to push it through the snow. And uh, no word of a lie, as like a 11, 12-year-old kid, I got a gold watch because um, I did that for five years. And if you make it five years in a Canadian winter delivering papers, dude, you get yourself a gold watch. And so um, I, I wish I still had it today. It'd be a really cool piece. Um, but I grew up in Calgary, Canada, freezing cold every year. The summer, June, uh, July, and August are beautiful. Calgary Stampede. Largest rodeo stop in the world. I got to go every single year. And this is a major transition point in my life. I'm in my early 20s and a radio show announces this contest and they want to find out who can ride the giant Ferris wheel for the entire duration of the stampede. And the stampede is 10 days long. And I was sitting there, dead end job, really not knowing where I'm going to go in my life. And I'm like, 10 grand for 10 days. Like I can sit on a Ferris wheel for 10 days and 10 of us start on this ride. And one by one, people starting to quit and they, the conversations and they can't manage the, the time with themselves because no technology, nothing. And I ended up winning the contest and uh, winning the prize. I got fired from my job. And that was the moment that I, um, I, I literally hitchhiked a ride to Utah to visit one friend I had here. I ended up meeting my wife. We're about to celebrate 20 years of marriage. Um, I am still in Utah. And so that Ferris wheel uh, represents a lot of things. One, the ability to control your mind. I realized I had a skill set to endure insane boredom. I, I, I learned that I was okay with my thoughts, the questions and the conversations that I have with myself. Um, I learned persistence and resilience and to see things through to the end. And then I learned that uh, moments in our lives, no matter how big or small, we have no idea the impact or significance and the trajectory that those experiences can put us on. And had I not made the decision to, one, get on the Ferris wheel, two, uh, stick it out and, and win the prize, I would have never hitchhiked. I would have never got fired for my job. Blessing. I would have never hitchhiked a ride to Utah. And I would have never met my wife. And who knows what I'd be doing today. I'd probably be um, working in the oil fields on the rigs and addicted to alcohol. I mean, I have no idea what I'd be doing. And so grateful for ups and downs in our lives and, and, and pivot moments that we don't know necessarily know at the time are our pivot moments. One of my favorite songs is a Garth Brooks song, and it's Unanswered Prayers. Um, it's just so, so amazing that we – we're not in control of our destiny. There's always a greater plan. And uh, sometimes when things don't go the way we think they should, uh, we, we complain about it until years later when we realize, holy cow, that that was one of the best best disasters of my life. Um, and yeah, that, that was one of those moments. Yeah, beautiful. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about your parents? Because at that young age, 10 days on a Ferris wheel, I also have a hard time imagining my ability to do that, especially without my iPad in my hand. Um, 
What influence did your parents have on you that you believe led to this ability? Yeah, you know, uh, my dad is one of the hardest workers on the planet, blue collar, firefighter, um, work 40 years, take your retirement, retire, um, show up every single day, no excuses, no whining, you do the job. And uh, I was like, man, that I don't want to do that. That looks like it sucks. <laughs> and uh, but he instilled this incredible work ethic to us. Um, a no complaining um, attitude, um, get the job done, um, do the job right um, type of thing. And my mom was, she was a homemaker and she did a great job at nurturing us and taking care of the kids and teaching us lessons and um, how to love and how to do all these things and, and appreciate ourselves and forgive. And, and you know, just the, the, the softness that we don't get from a blue collar type type worker and she was also a dreamer uh, which i was um she dabbled in entrepreneurship a little bit and could never really get it to work and i said well i love dreaming but i don't like the results that my mother maybe got she didn't really chase her dreams down and, and accomplish them and then i saw my father who was a hard worker and was maybe not the happiest and so i was like what if i took the entrepreneur attitude uh, dreaming route and then applied hard work to it and followed a passion, what do we get? And so I, I, I was just raised in such an environment that it was a perfect storm between my mother and my father. And I took both of their strengths and put them together. And obviously I have tons of flaws and I'm a, a work in progress, but I, I was able to create an individual that had both the strength and the things that I admired of both of them and took those and then started to work every single day and develop that person. And, uh, and I'm still a work in progress. I'm still showing up every single day, trying to be the best version of, of who I'm trying to be. Uh, but that, that's kind of how I was brought up with, with those two kind of polar uh, perspectives. And then, you know, was super fortunate to meet Sonny Joe, who is unbelievable and, and uh, obviously my better half and, nothing great's ever ever truly accomplished on our own and and her and the five kids are, are massive part of our team and i've just been been grateful to to have her too um on the team and to be able to continue to grow um grow together we, like i said we're, we're coming up on on 20 years yeah I re i've read about her I'm, i'd love to interview her too really amazing partner for you and in her role, which is well displayed in the documentary of um, 50 and 50, really, really remarkable. What is James Lawrence doing today? What are you, how are you teaching this, these distinctions and these arts and disciplines out in the world? I, I have one book, uh, The Iron Cowboy, Defining the Impossible. Mm -hmm. um, folks, if you don't, have this and maybe james you can tell us is this your favorite book or do you have one that's more favorite and where are you in the world and what are you doing and then the last question i'm going to ask you is what's next so save that yeah um i i do love that book um you know you you grow up i didn't grow up a reader and i grow i grew up loving movies and uh i, I can't tell you how many times somebody would say oh man the movie's great, but the book is so much better. And I'm like, you've got to be insane. There's no way anybody could make something better than what I just saw on that screen. And um, I didn't truly understood it until we had the opportunity to write this book. And it's better than the documentary. 
because you can put in more detail. You can tell different stories from different perspectives. You can, there's just a lot more you can do in, in a, in a book than you can with a, I mean, our documentary is one hour and 14 minutes and you can just really paint that picture in, in a beautiful way. And so, um, yeah, it's one of my favorite books because the, the way that we wrote it, it was um, slash about the 50 and it's also an autobiography. And so every other chapter is how I got to that point, how our family got to that point, And then we flash back in and out of the 50. And so I think it's a great read. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite book, but it's a great book. Um, uh, probably one of my favorite books is um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Dynamite. Unbelievable read. Um, I also love James Clear, Atomic Habits. Yeah. Um, I think if you took the principles from Napoleon, and man, that, that Napoleon Dynamite book is, that guy is light years ahead. I mean, that, that transcript was written in 1930s, maybe early 40s, um, put in a vault and then re-released today after right. his death uh have you read it yes uh, i know the author yeah oh it's, dude it's a, it's a fantastic read and then james clear uh he wrote a book called atomic uh atomic habits and if somebody read that book apply had a vision had a goal and a dream and then applied the principles in that book showed yeah. up every single day impossible for you to lose like you just you just can't lose and so I, I love I love those. Obviously, my book is going to be be up there too. Redefine Impossible. Um, just it's just about the human spirit. And uh, James, uh, is, I love it. James Clare's one of the first people I interviewed for this podcast. He's, oh, cool. He's really, really, really brilliant stuff that maybe takes old concepts but packages them in a way that people can have those. Wow! Oh my gosh! Wow! I can do this. And um, I use a lot of his stuff in my coaching and training. So how are you, what are you doing now, James? How are you out in the world? I, I know you're doing a lot of athletic coaching and speaking the NFL and other places. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, man, life's been crazy and 2020 happened and my, my normal got turned around. I mean, I do, I've spoken to 48 countries around the world. That was our, our big platform speaking. We do coaching, we do racing and all of that went away. Nobody's racing. So there's no coaching and no live events. So no speaking and no racing for me personally, because that's a lot, uh, 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 an event with a lot of people. And so my world got shut down in March and it was just a, a insane opportunity to pivot and really start to work on our online content, our e-learning. We, we launched a mental coaching program. Um, we've revamped our entire triathlon and strength training programs. Um, and it, it's allowed me to, to start dreaming again and, and be with my family, really. I mean, I've, I've been, been traveling nonstop for the past five years. I do uh, about 80 events a year. That's, that's just a lot of time on the road. And so it's just, it's been nice to, to be home, chill with my family. I've got four, you know, five kids, four teenage girls. Uh, my son's the youngest. And so, man, I can't believe it. My oldest just turned 18. I blinked and I don't know what happened. And before I know it, the next one's going to, and then they're all gone. Right. And so, um, just really enjoying the family. We live in Utah, uh, just South of Salt Lake city. It's, the perfect training grounds for us uh, access to the mountains lakes we love winter sports we love summer sports four perfect seasons here um and and we're we're going to be making some big announcements uh here coming up for what's next um and what we're what we're doing in 2021 um uh, just a monster project starting march of next year um we're going to release a new youtube series starting on november 20th uh, so coming up in 10 days um showcasing kind of the behind the scenes how we get to the start of a big project because i've learned that everybody 
everybody sees the headline and they they don't know the decade that went into to the that moment and uh, we, we want to showcase that look we're not genetically gifted we don't have um millions of dollars and all these things we, we we're hardworking citizens and we've got a family and we this is what we do and so uh, we, we really want to showcase what it takes to go from this moment to the start of uh, uh world records and things like that so we want to we want to showcase that journey and not just flash a flash a headline um and so and, and and always what's next is is our internal and team desire to continue to influence and impact um it, it's 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 humbling every single day to to get messages um of of the change that people have had and and are making in their lives because of our family's journey and uh, that, that's that's why we choose to show up every single day and and uh, and go down that road. So what what a what a cool journey to be on and uh, and to do things like this. So thank you, Richard, for for having us on. And and thanks to the audience who who tunes tunes in and is taking the time to to learn about this. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Beautiful story. And ladies and gentlemen, I I encourage you listen to this again. Listen to it two or three times. You get into this book and you map on your adversities, your challenges the things that are setting you back, shutting you down, changing your story to you can't do this, map your journey onto James's journey in 50 and 50. And I think you'll see all of your adversity, all of your pain, all of your doubt, all of your failures in a different light. And you can massively expand your comfort zone and your confidence zone. Thank you so much, James. Beautiful, beautiful story. Great life lessons. Everybody go to, is it jameslawrence.com or ironcowboy.com? Ironcowboy.com. And then we post everything on uh, on our social media. It's uh, mostly on Instagram, at ironcowboyjames. At ironcowboyjames yep. and ironcowboy.com. Correct. Dive into what James is doing. If there's a product in there, that fits you, buy it, order it, absorb it, get tapped into this guy because he's one in a he's one in seven and a half billion. <laughs> so somebody said to me one time, and it's just uh, amazingly humbling and and something that I think everyone should strive to be is, um, they said you're one of one, and uh, that that's that's a cool feeling when you put it into the scope of how many people in the world. And I think if everybody strives to be one of one. I think the world would be an exceptional place uh, with some exceptional people. And, and uh, at the end of the day, everyone should just strive to be um, as kind as they can be in one and one in that category. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, James. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks all Richard. of you for tuning in to the authentic networker. We'll catch you next time. Richard Blissbrook reminding you the work is worth it. Thank you for tuning into the authentic networker podcast. There are over 100 episodes to study, including another 100 blog articles at richardbrook.com.